Hi there. Welcome to Tech Talk Weekly. I'm Bob from Creation Station. This is our weekly show where we hit you up with three or four, maybe this week it's going to be a bunch more stories, and get you on your way in about 20 minutes. But we've got some pretty cool stuff today. Um, I am lucky to have Mo from Arlick, African American Research Library and Cultural Center, to be official on that one. How are you doing, sir? I'm great, young man. How are you? I am doing really good. And so tell everybody what a program manager is, because programming in libraries is not going into C++ and Java. It's about what? It's about, well, here at Arlick, as we love to call the African-American Research Library and Cultural Center, it could be an exhibit, a gallery exhibit opening in our gallery. It could be a play happening in our auditorium. It could be a book signing happening in one of our seminar rooms. It could be a board. It could be a board meeting. It could be a community yeah. community meeting around important issues. So, conversations, conversations at the conversations at the center is an amazing program. Yep, powerful. So we've got you know speaker series, we've got documentary films, screenings. So it's it's never yeah. boring. It's never the same. It is. It's a fun thing. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And we're, Mo just happens to be the first in. We're going to be featuring all of our various programmers all around the library system and give them all a chance to tell you all the cool things that are happening in their locations. Yes. And I've got a really cool story to get us started here oh. on Project Gutenberg. Mm. And everybody is up in arms about AI, whether you're really for it, really against it. But this is one of those uses that almost nobody can go against because- uh. Project Gutenberg, copyright-free books. So you're not violating anyone's copyright. Mm. You're not going in and telling it, taking any money away from any publisher. And you can take those books and now run them through an AI to read them out loud to you and convert them to audiobooks. So you can read any of those things off of Gutenberg. I love it. Isn't that, that is, amazing? That is fantastic. And you can do this on any any Android device, any iOS device. It's a really fun thing. I'm going to put the link in the show notes right now for you so that anybody can go find these Sweet. and start using these. Do you, do you use audiobooks or what kind of stuff do you do, Mo? I, I use ebooks. Oh, uh, I'm 100% ebooks. I haven't done a dead tree <laughs> in decades. Yeah, but I still like um, hard hardcover books as well. So. I'm, I jump between between both. Okay. But, um, you know, do you I, do audiobooks at all? I do, um, not as often. Yeah, uh, I haven't. I've never gotten into the audiobooks. Oh, but you know, when I have, to this day, my most favorite audiobook to listen to has been "Their Eyes Are Watching God." Okay. Daniel Hurston's classic, uh -huh. read by Ruby D, the legendary, Ooh. the late legendary great actress yeah. and poet. Ruby D. It is the most three-dimensional. She must be oh, she must be amazing listen. in that little role. Yes. I mean, I've you know Zora's got my, some very cool yeah. quotes to be able to pull from, and yeah. I mean the dialect. I can't imagine why people don't want to be around me. Yeah. You know, oh we're, we're here in Florida, like the whole that that dialect of, yeah. that is yeah, yeah. to Florida. Ruby D captures it. So I'm 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 telling everybody, if you haven't if you haven't listened to it yet, do your soul a solid 
and go listen to their eyes were watching. And I bet you that's on Libby for anybody to check it out for free from the library. There you go, baby. We got that it. That is you. awesome. <laughs> and speaking of, uh, this is a weird segue, but speaking of those hyper local things like we are here, this in India, they're doing an amazing thing with weather. Really? Now, Mo, I bet you you had an aunt or a grandma who, you know, oh, my, my knee's hurting. I know the, the rain's going to rain. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. That's right. The people in India are taking advantage of this and putting it online. Oh, really? So what they're doing is taking people who would be doing that, older people who are hanging out on the front porch, mm. talking about the weather, doing the thing. They're making sure they have the technology in their hand, just a text or do TikTok or Instagram or whatever they want to do to talk about the weather in their area. Hmm. I love it. So they're letting the world know what's yeah. going on. And so it, it, for you and me, it does nothing because mm -hmm. we have no idea what this tiny little enclave of, of New Delhi is for what, you know, for whatever neighborhood and, where the rain is going to be happening now. And, oh, well, if it's happening there, I know it's going to be happening in my neighborhood 20 minutes later. But if you're into local weather, like there ain't nobody doing this in Florida. Oh, what? I know that this is just an amazing little thing. They went out and took the, the wisdom of the crowds as they, mm -hmm. you know, as we always talk about and going in and turning it into this Thing of like, okay, well, we've got our wisdom of our elders here, and they're telling me that this means we're going to have thunderstorms this afternoon because of how they feel today, okay. and it's crazy. Is that <laughs> amazing? That <laughs> is. I want to. Yeah, I gotta. I gotta download that. Uh huh. So, so what is the app? I'm serious. Like that. Oh, it, it's <laughs> it, it's on a couple of different things, but it's really more about building a network of people that are just sharing. So some of them may be sharing on TikTok. Some of them are sharing on X, Twitter, or sharing on whatever. And it's just people are piecing this together to turn this into like what we in the United States would use as AccuWeather, mm -hmm. which AccuWeather takes all the local automated mm -hmm. systems and weaves uh. them together for you instead of individual real people and here they're doing real people you know, oh i grew up in this town i've been here for 50 you know 50 60 years i know what it, what it means when that mountain over there is covered with clouds i know how soon it's going to get rain down here see that's valuable that's yeah. invaluable that's invaluable yeah we know we take that for granted i know mm -hmm. it's 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 a fun thing. And oh, by the way, this is one of my favorite websites. If you haven't paid attention to us over the last three years now, um, rest of world, go hit this mm. website up to find out what's going on outside of your normal sphere of influence. Restofworld.com. Okay. Yep. Restofworld.org. And they wow. what they do is they they look for the global south, you know, stories about mm -hmm. stuff. And I I find at least Ooh. stories a month to put on the show from these guys. It's they do this a really cool. good stuff. They have fun. This yeah. Okay. Top-notch reporting. AI image generators have a modern problem. Okay. Uh -huh. Ooh, and now we've got another story out of India that we covered mm. last week because India hit the moon, landed on the moon. Only the really. Right, fourth country to do it. 
United States, Russia, China, and now India have all done it. to the moon. Technically, the USSR. We talked about that last week, though. <laughs> um, okay. There Technically? Is, okay. Yeah, seriously, yeah. Okay. Um, but now here's our problem. This was built, as we discussed, at a budget of about 10% of the Apollo, of the NASA budgets. So it's it's less than Apollo. It is way less than Artemis. And one of the things that we're not 100% sure of because their space agency is not releasing that data directly is that they didn't put heaters on their spacecraft. Ooh, what? Which means... The astronauts froze? No, 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 no. They're, this is fully <laughs> robotic. No, no peoples. Okay, got it. Okay. But you're exactly right. Their robot froze. Mm. We they now it is just a basically it's a solid block of ice. Oh, man. And they're hoping in 14 days, when the sun comes back out, because it's on the south pole of the moon. Mm-hmm. So as it it was in the daylight when it landed, they had 14 days to do a bunch of scientific research and then as it gets dark temperatures drop down to negative 424 degrees fahrenheit oh my god yeah Uh yeah 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 so just no possible way anything is moving under that unless you've got heaters to keep yourself and those heaters don't help you keep moving in the middle of winter they just help you restart after Oh, so oh. it's got its solar panels on there. Mm-hmm. It, they're iced over effectively right now. It, it's not true ice. It's not like sitting out in Antarctica or Canada or God forsaken Ohio. Um, Ouch. <laughs> University of Michigan. <laughs> um, Understood. But it's so cold. The electronics will literally freeze and seize up. And when they warm back up, if it warms up correctly, they'll be able to restart everything and it'll start off on this little journey again, collecting mm. more data. Okay. And we're all oh. waiting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And now we're all just like fingers crossed, like what's going to happen? They pulled this off. They've already got another mission ready to launch. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be really interesting what happens. Yeah. We know it's there. We know it's still mm. in because the Chinese satellite that's orbiting the moon picked it up on its photographs. Think about that for a minute, everyone. It's we in the United States are watching a Chinese satellite on the moon, circling the moon, watching an Indian rover traveling around doing scientific expeditions. Oh, my goodness. And then I'm like, is if well, I'm just thinking about the sun. When the sun comes back around, is it going to be enough time in 14 days to thaw it out? Yeah, it should thaw out really fast because it actually gets super hot. If yeah, it just flips to the other side and mm-hmm. it just starts getting warmer, when you're in direct sunlight and you don't have any atmosphere or anything like that, it really just, mm-hmm. the temperature extremes are crazy. Yeah, it'll yeah. jump up to 200 degrees. I want to find. Yeah, I want to know what happens with this. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You got to follow these stories. It's fun. We'll, mm-hmm. They'll probably make a big enough news about it that we'll have it back on the show, but we'll see. Okay. Yeah. We'll see. We try to. But yeah, it's basically it's all up to chance. There's no guarantee yeah. it's coming back. Man, you imagine. I know. 
So now there's more space stories. All the rest of this is space. I know okay. if you're like, Bob, there can't be had too many more space stories. Oh, you just wait. We've got bring it, man. Bring it. <laughs> so here's the idea. We just had a brand new comet. First time in 400 years that we've seen this comet. Mm -hmm. First time that anybody ever detected it. We know it's not coming back for 400 years. Wow. We got a solar eclipse. It's about to happen next month. We mm -hmm. just had a meteor shower that was supposed to be a spectacular meteor shower. Almost none of this stuff people in the United States saw. What? Because we have too many lights. Oh, man. Are you serious? Serious. So the light pollution in mm. the United States. So let's let's get the pictures of it. Yeah, those That's the... There... Um, but in this story, one of the reasons I brought it up is one, turn your lights off. If you don't need lights on, turn them off. Yeah. Especially if you live out near the beach, turtle nesting, mm -hmm. the whole nine yards. Mm -hmm. We make a big thing about that here in Florida and the rest of the East coast of the United States and the Gulf, the Gulf of Mexico on the coast. You should be able to do that. You know, make sure you get all of that mm -hmm. and make it all happen so that makes life better for everyone. And then we can see the meteor showers and see all the stuff that's going on. So one of the things in this article is where to go in the United States where there's less light. So you'll be able to see some of this stuff happening. Where is it? Where can we go? Uh, you need to go out west. Really central and western United States has got some spectacular views. Mm. We have some in Florida, actually, by the way. When you go out towards the Everglades and you go west another few miles, um, one possibility is if you take Alligator Alley, take I-75, and you go out into the middle or take 27 up, you can get to some areas and then walk away from those lights and you'll get some ex extra space and area there. Okay. Markham Park in the western part of the county has a small little observatory out there. Citizen mm. Science can go out and do. And I wanted mm. to bring that up. You can do this yourself. Are you upset about the idea that, wait, there was a meteor shower and I couldn't see it? You can check out a kit from the library on measuring the night sky where you, we give you a light meter and where to report the data to NASA and other people so that you can add your own commentary and your own findings so that we know exactly how much light is going in which areas around. Now, obviously, you go out in the local parking lot and there's the parking lot lights. You're not going to see nothing. But hopefully, if you go out a little bit west or you go a little bit north or you go in the middle of the night, two in the morning, hopefully some of those lights are off. Right. right. Folks. Um, and we want to make sure that that kind of stuff is all there for you. So you can come in and check these out. We've got them at Creation Station Science at our North Lauderdale branch, but you can put them on hold and have them shipped anywhere in the county that you want. That's cool. So uh, to be Isn't borrowed? It? To be yeah, borrowed? You can borrow yeah. this kit and take it out from the library and check it out and use it. We've got all sorts of them. We got ones for butterflies and bird birding backpacks and all sorts of stuff. When I saw this story, I'm like, wait a minute, we do that right now. Light pollution, we, we've got that covered. We can help you fit. We can't help you fix it directly, but we can at least give you a kit that you can quantify exactly what the problem is in your area. And then you can go to your local city and say, hey, we need to redirect these lights or we need to change these light bulbs out because we need to make. Oh, that would, be, 
That would be nature. an amazing STEAM STEM project. Yeah, yeah it is. It's cool. Anyone out there who needs their science fair project, Here it is, reach baby. out to us, creationstation at Broward.org. We can help you out. Come talk to us. Yeah, that is very cool. I want to introduce that to yeah. um, to some of the school friends, uh -huh. partners we have. Isn't it? Yeah. So I got one more story for you, Mo. Come on, man. Bring Another it. space story. <laughs> I love it. We found life. Super. Probably. Man. Maybe. We think. And this is a serious, <laughs> no, this is a super serious story. This is like the first time we can actually honestly say we believe there is life off of Earth somewhere. It's not a hypothetical thing. It's not a, well, those conditions are right. There could be life there. We detected methane on a planet around another star. Right. Currently, this is a James Webb telescope find. And we believe currently the only way to produce that particular molecule, that's a type of methane, is from plant or animal-based things converting oxygen into this. We don't know. Our current scientific knowledge does not know of any other way this thing, com this molecule comes about. So. I mean, you, I mean, I've always believed it. I can't believe yeah. it. the universe is way too vast. Yep. You know, for just for us just to be here. So it makes sense to me. Yeah. And maybe they don't want us. They don't want to be found by us. Well, in this case, we're not talking intelligent life. We're not talking okay. even, you know, fish quality life. Um, we're talking just this is a chance where life is beginning to evolve, where right. things are beginning to happen and go. And it is, this is the start of a new thing. And I know it sounds like, well, it's just a little bit of algae. Who cares? This is the first time we've been able to show it and prove it. Mm -hmm. We have scientific. Now. Is that because of our technology has improved? That's what it's allowed, allowed us to see. We've allowed us to, to do those chemical mm -hmm. testings on another planet's mm -hmm. atmosphere from light years away now because of James Webb. We can detect through chromography and all this other stuff. Mm -hmm. Chromography is doing a chemical testing based on light sources, et cetera. And we're 90 something percent positive that this is what's happening. Now in the scientific world, they do not tell you, yes, this is unless they can actually really prove it. 95, 98 is not good enough. You gotta be a hundred. So it's going to be years before we really definitively have the answer, but we're really close. So when is going to say how long? Oh, who knows? We got it. They've got it. Whether they can refine what web can actually detect mm -hmm. and how well it can do it and then do it over years. Yeah. Maybe, you know, we know right now this is how much is in their atmosphere. And if that amount grows over time, then that means something's producing it. And yeah. 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 This exciting. is one of those scientific discoveries that is kind of like, glided Ooh. by in the news because there's so much other craziness happening yeah and this is like oh yeah it's just some algae yeah okay yeah we'll come back when it's more interesting this is interesting 
Yeah, they're missing it. They're missing it. Yeah. Because that's yeah. exciting. And what planet is it? was it found on? Oh, it's out on yeah, blah, blah. <laughs> K2-18B. Oh, um, it's out in the constellation of Leo out there. It's tons of light years away. Okay. It's a huge planet with a solid core and weird atmosphere and everything. And mm. yeah. Okay. It's going to be something. This is cool, Bob. I know. Isn't this fun? Yeah. Isn't this a fun thing? Yeah, you man. have fun stuff happening too out there. Yeah. Are like, let me, yes. in fact, you know, I'm just going to throw that slide back up again because mm -hmm. here's a listing of events today ah. starting mm -hmm. you, this is just today now i'm not getting too crazy about stuff right now afro fantastic though tell us yes. a little bit about what's going on here Ooh, so that is our current exhibit in our gallery which has a great wealth of ai generated artwork that is imagining future black folks in the future uh and we've got images of a Octavia Butler, Frederick Douglass, reimagined for the future. Yeah. For the 20, you know, 25th. If you haven't read Octavia Butler, go check it out Ooh. from the library now. Right, right. Go check out everything from Octavia Butler. Yeah. She had one of my favorites. She's in my top five. Mm -hmm. So, yes, so I'm very excited. There's a lot of different images of, of Octavia Butler in very futuristic settings. We have an LED wall, 12 LED screens with a a loop of Afro fridge of, of videos that are showing and, dis and displaying Afrofuturism, everything from Janelle Monet to um, Parliament Funkadelic of the 70s to to um, to Sun Ra. Yeah. The jazz you, artist. You, you, like you just got to come and show up at our folks. Yeah. Yeah. So Afro Fantastic is that. It's, it's, it's paying tribute. And it's going to be there through was, December? Maybe. It'll be yes through December. So. so, so you've got time. This is not a, a weekly thing. For, like, like a lot of programs that happen at libraries, it's not something you got to show up this week or this particular day. This is day. an extended exhibit. Come yes. in and see what's going on. Come visit it when you're down here in Fort Lauderdale. Make it's it an amazing thing. Right off a of historic sistrunk. It's great. There you go. That's it. And then next week we have Ashley Bryant and oh, children's literature. Yeah, yeah. Festival. Conference on children's literature. Man, Kimberly would kill me if I didn't mention that one. Uh, yeah, that is Bring a huge. If you are an educator down here in South Florida, you need to be paying attention to that. Conference yes. on Children's Literature is an amazing event that we do every year, and you need to show up for that one. Oh man, it's going to be so much fun, so cool. So Thursday is and Ashley Bryan is like at year twenty two. Is it twenty two or twenty three now? Something uh, like twenty two. Twenty two. Twenty two yeah. years mm -hmm. of Ashley Bryan exhibit and it's just you got to come see this building, yes. folks. It's oh, it has it is a place it is a happening place and we're just going to keep on rambling if i don't shut us off thank you being here mo thank this you, is so much fun for this thank week you for having me. and if there is a library or librarian you want to see featured on the show one week or if you have one of those stories you don't want me to talk about space send me a different story creation station <laughs> at brower.org and we'll I see like everybody <laughs> in two weeks guest host next week all right thank you bob